thank you. You may be seated. I was thinking, you shouldn't have spoke about surfing. Because now I've got this sweet story that I've got to tell you. And if you're in the house today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you're thinking, what the heck does he mean by this point C3 tugger and miracle, riding waves of God, whatever. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Andrew and I, we were in, and Candice, but you didn't come out with us that time. But we were in Fiji on a surfing holiday. And we had a lot of fun. Thanks, Garth. And we went out to this spot um, called Resorts, one of the tamer reef breaks around that area. And we get a we get um, taken out by this little Fijian guy in a boat. And um, he can barely speak English. He's a lovely bloke. And um, we got to the surf spot and we were surfing. It was fun. And and then who remembers Tim that comes here, Pedley, Tim Pedley? He's in the Northern Territory right now. I love Tim Pedley. May you be blessed in whatever crazy thing you're doing right now. And Tim goes, you know what? Let's get this dude on a wave, this Fijian guy on a wave. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like egging him on, egging him on, egging him on. And he was like, oh, I don't know. Like he's looking at the boat. He's looking out. I don't know if I should do this. But Tim had a bodyboard. And because we're on surfboards and it was like, oh, we don't want to just throw him out and get him to try and stand. We'll put him on a bodyboard. And um, so we ended up getting him out and we paddled him out. And um, he took off on this wave. And when he took off on his first wave ever, the screams of joy, laughter, the smile from ear to ear, and the, just the pure, um, the elation that he had from doing that um, just reminded me of when you don't know God and then all of a sudden you come into a relationship with God, how... Wow, you just you're looking at life in a whole new way, and you just you're just filled with joy. And Tim gave that guy um, his board and fins, and said, "You can have it." It's just the kind of guy he is. He's a good guy, Tim Pedley. Um, there's something that I want you guys to remember, and I want when I count to one, two, three, four. I remember I did a message a bit like this before, and when I count. When I go one, two, three, four, I want you to say this thing. Okay, so this is the this is what I want you to say. How far do I want to go? You can say instead of want to, you can say wanna. It's up to you. So let's just have a go on the counter. I was going to say three, but I want to say four. No, let's make it three. So, yeah, because if I count to four, you might sing it. And we don't need to sing it. We just need to say it. So one, two, three. How far do I want to go? I love the wanna. Got to love the wanna. Okay, so remember that. How far do I want to go? Okay. And when I count to three later on, I want you to say that. So... Anyway, I was thinking the other day when I was in a cross-legged position on the top of Cracky Lookout 
I th- was almost levitating. I'm pretty sure. I think I may have levitated. <laughs> Probably didn't though. Um, <laughs> and I was pondering on life. And I thought to myself, you know what, Luke? As I speak to myself, I want to be successful. That's what I thought. I thought, you know what? I want I want to be successful. And then I thought, there's another thing I want to do. I want to, I want to accomplish the dreams that God has placed in my life. So I want to have a successful life. I want to accomplish the dreams that God has placed in my life. And I thought, I just, let's just face it. I want to fulfill the call of God on my life, my life. And so that brought me to my next state of levitate. No, Um, that brought me to my next question in my pondering. What is the meaning of life? I want to have a successful life. I want to fulfill these dreams of my life and and I want to fulfill the call of God on my life. And life stuck out to me. I had life three times in my questions. And I started to think about life and I was like, what is the meaning of life? Everyone is really quiet. So that took me on a journey. What is the meaning of life? I bought a plane ticket. I flew to um, uh, Nepal and I got out, I got my hiking boots on and I began to hike the Himalayas. Um, This is before you were on the scene, Candice. Um, And I hiked the Himalayas. I met up with some Sherpas who said they'd take me to Mount Everest. So I said, cool, because I figured I would find the meaning of life up Mount Everest, and I began to climb, and I made it to the top of Everest, age 16. (laughs) Yep. And that's all a lie. (laughs) But just because I didn't do... No, I actually do know the meaning of life. Put your hand up if you want to know the meaning of life. Everyone's going, whatever, you don't know the meaning of life. You punk. You do not know the man. I've been around for 50 years. 27-year-old punk. It's going to tell me the meaning of life. I've been trying to figure it out for ages. Well, I know. And I'm quite smug about it. And I found out, without even going to the top of Everest what the meaning of life was. So this is the meaning of life according to Brian. No, Luke Boyd. I will tell you the meaning of life according to Luke Boyd. I think back to Genesis 1 when, when life began. And I, and I 
think of how God created the universe. And that blows my mind. Has anyone seen Louis Giglio? Is that his name? Have you seen those two DVDs? Um, The first one was indescribable and the second one how great is our god has who, who has seen him can i see hands man they're some of the best dvds i've ever seen i loved it goosebumps he's a good guy and he preaches me and andrew were talking about it this morning andrew and i sorry candace um andrew and i were speaking this morning about like whenever i come to preach at church i bring my chunky bible because I've got a little one. Andrew has a pretty good one, but mine's bigger. Um, <laughs> and but this Louis guy he preaches with like a hand, like a hand-sized Bible. Don't know how he does it. Anyway, a bit of useless information. And so then he gets. Then I get to the part of where he creates man. So the beginning of human kind because you can't say mankind because of all these chicks out there that get all you know oh it's womankind and all that you know humankind am i a little bit (laughs) um so he creates humankind and what did he do that for and i thought about it what did he create humankind for and then i realized he created us because he wants relationship with us and then i figured out that that has to be the meaning of life the meaning of why you are sitting here is so that you can be in relationship with god yeah and Everything else that we do is a byproduct of that. The reason why we have church and why we're reaching out, it's so others can have relationship with God. It's so our, our relationship with God can build and flourish. The meaning of life is to have relationship with God. And until you get that, you're going to be searching and you're going to be unsatisfied. Um, so if you want to be successful in life, if you want to reach your dreams in God, if you want to fulfill the call of God on your life, there is something before you start to learn how to become a good preacher. If you want to be a preacher, something that you need to do before you start figuring out, um, if I do this job, I will be successful. Yada, yada, yada. Before you do any of these things, we've got to get the core right to begin with our relationship with god once we get that good and solid and and you know pulsing then all these other things will start to take place out of the meaning of life um i've written here um if you do want to do uh, a successful life if you want to fulfill the dreams that God's given you, if you want to complete the call of God on your life, it is imperative. It is absolutely vital that you have an intimate, dynamic, and progressive relationship with your creator. 
Yeah. Dynamic. Who likes the word dynamic? It's a great word. It's a great word. And progressive. It's got to be progressive. You can't put your relationship with God in a box because that's where your relationship will stop. Um, so anyway, like any good relationship, it takes both parties coming together to make this relationship work. It can't be one-sided. I like to use the saying, it takes two to tango. Um, so I don't know if this is, I'm pretty sure in year nine that I got like totally the top marks for tango. Is it something like, is it, do you do, don't laugh. If you laugh, you can leave. Um, so is it like this? You go, cha-cha. It takes two to cha-cha. No, the tango. And I've got a rose in my mouth. It takes two to cha-cha. That's way better, actually. It takes two to cha-cha. Forget two to tango. It's lame. Two to cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. And I got this image in my head because, let's face it, I'm crazy. Um, I started to think about my relationship with God and I thought, there's been a lot of times where I've made God probably feel a little bit awkward, cha-cha-charing on his own, <laughs> thinking, you're meant to be doing this with me, like, this is weird. He's there going... And, and I'm just there, just going, sitting to the side, not really acknowledging that he's doing the cha-cha. He wants me to dance with him, and I'm not dancing with him. And that happens in our relationship. In the facet of our relationship in life, we leave God dancing on his own. It's meant to be a dance for two. And I was like, oh, sorry, God, that would be embarrassing. But lucky he's God, and if anyone went, oh, you're gay, or that's, that's not cool, he could just, like, smite them. So no one would dare say, God, you really don't look cool at the moment, dancing on your own, doing the cha-cha. You look like a loser. He doesn't have to take that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just remember those things that I've spoken about because I'm going to change it up. There's a word called effort, and I love that word. Who is this beautiful girl walking along the front? Let's, what's your name, princess? Ivy. Wow. Do you know that God loves you so much? And he wants to do the cha-cha with you. She's doing it. I like that name, Ivy. It's a pretty name. The next topic, I've got to start moving along now. It's effort. The word effort. And 
when I think of the word effort, I think along the lines of uh, something like this, like whatever you put in, you get out in a sense, right? And then I started to think about people who have put in great effort and in, in any sort of thing. And I'm reminded of this guy. He's a great bloke. He's a great bloke. He's in North Carolina, and he wanted to join the high school basketball team. And he tried out and was denied. Steve might be able to help me out in this story. I may be a little bit dusty on it. But this bloke, he got denied from making it into high school basketball team. And he was like, you know what? I love basketball. I love it a lot. I'm going to train now. I'm training. Next time they recruit, I'm going to make that team. And he trained his butt off. He trained so much and so hard, it just looked made the other guys look like wimps. He trained and he trained. He put everything into it. Then he got signed in, he made that school basketball team. He made it in his college basketball team. Then he made it to the NBA. And do you know what? When he rocked up to the court to train, because they had training sessions every week, and he would rock up there an hour before the rest of the Chicago Bulls would get there, and he would be training For an hour before, then the Chicago Bulls would come in and they'd have their session together. They would train, train, train. Then the Chicago Bulls would leave. And this guy stayed back another hour and kept training. And for all that effort that he put in and his freakish natural ability, he got six championships. He he got three in a row. He left came back, all of a sudden, there's another three. He was a phenom at basketball. It's Michael Jordan, 23. Um, And, like, you see that picture. He dunked from the free throw line. I used to be able to dunk from the free throw line. Um, No, I didn't. (laughs) I wish I could. But he put a lot of effort into basketball And he reaped a lot of reward, right? Yeah. And there's another guy that comes to mind, Mick Fanning, a surfer. He was just this punk surfer, a darrow, a wild man. And and I think it was in 2007, he thought to himself, look, I'm in the world tour. I may as well take it seriously. And then he began to train. He used to rock up to the surfing events weeks in advance before the rest of the pros would get there, and he would start to hone his skills for that specific wave that they'd be competing on. He'd get there weeks before the rest of the competitors would get there. And he put everything in it. He was training. like He'd surf, get out, he'd be training. Before his heats, he'd be training. After his heats, he'd be training. And he won the world title. Mick Fanning. First Aussie to do that in a while. Last guy was Oki in 99, I think. And it was good to see another Aussie get a title. And Parko is on his way to getting a title this year. But anyway, stop talking about surfing. Um, so the point I'm trying to say is you put effort into something, you get something back. Um, 
I'm not, what I'm not saying is that if you put effort into your relationship with God, let's bring it back to the relationship with God. If, if you put effort into your relationship with God, I'm not saying that he will love you more and nothing like that. What I'm saying is you'll get to, when you do put your effort into your relationship with God, you'll experience blessings in the relationship. Your relationship will flourish. He won't love you anymore, but you'll get to experience more of it. You'll get to just taste and see how good God is. I love that. Um, And so you might be thinking, well, how do I put effort into my relationship with God? I want a better relationship with God. I want to be closer to God. What do I have to do? I'm going to tell you some things that are really simple that will really, really enhance your relationship with God. Because me personally, you know, I was talking with the pastors a little while ago and we were thinking, you know, how badly we want a deeper, greater passion for our God. We want to have, we want to be hungry. We don't want to get stagnant and forget about God and, and, and not want him, want him, want him want him need him passionately here's some things here's some things that will help you on your quest of a better relationship with god the first thing is so profound it nearly knocked me off my seat no it didn't it's pretty easy actually the first thing read the bible These may sound basic, these things that I'm about to say, but these are the simple truths that will get your relationship with God going. The second thing is pray. The third thing is worship. And I know that our life is worship. But I'm talking about getting a song on and singing to God, pouring out your heart and telling God how good he is. I wrote down a fourth thing and it says just simply include him in your life. A lot of the times we just forget to do that. We forget just to include him. He's sitting down, me and Andrew and I, gosh, I got to keep saying, I got to stop saying me and Andrew, don't I, Candice? It is such bad grammar. Andrew and I were surfing and it was a glorious day. The waves were pumping. It was just beautiful. And you can just forget that God's there. But if you include him in your life, you just like see it in a whole new light. Just include him in your life. Eating a hamburger. God, good work on making a cow. It tastes pretty good. You know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Include him in your life. (laughs) so if it takes two to tango and we're going to start putting in all this effort let me quickly tell you of the effort that god puts in and let's just maybe start off with turning to john 15 and i'll start from 13 if we could put that up as well please tim that would be great It says something very interesting. 
Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. That's the kind of God I want a relationship with. You know what? Let's quickly bring up the next scripture, Romans 5. And we'll go, we'll start at 6 and we'll move our way to 11 and I'll read it out from my Bible. No, I won't. I'll read it from here. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. See, there was this thing. When he created us, he wanted relationship, didn't he? That's why he created us. And when he did that, what happened? We screwed that relationship right up. We stuffed up as we do best. And we sinned, this thing called sin. And God, wanting relationship so bad because that is why he created us, went on this mission to get back relationship. That's all he wants, guys. He just wants you. He wants all of you. He wants to take you on a journey of relationship. See, there's no end in God's relationship. There's no, no end. I think of it like we're looking at the universe. We get in a spaceship and we start blasting off from earth and we just start going into space. And you could do that for millions of years. And I look at that like God. We start a relationship. We leave earth and we just start going into God and we're floating through God. And our relationship, we can take it as far as we want. We can pull up that spaceship and stop in the Milky Way. Or we can keep going to the furthermost parts of our universe and experience the best relationship ever created. And so we stuffed up. And God wanted us back so bad. And I started to think, you know the story of Jonah? Just the simple story of Jonah. We think of Jonah and the, and the fish, the big fish. And we think of that story as being, you know, a message about um, you've got to obey God or you're going to get swallowed up by a fish. It's not a very good thing to think about when you're a surfer, especially when you don't always do what God wants. Every now and then I see a shadow and I'm like, whoa. You can laugh if you want, but that's pretty lame. I, I get it. It was lame. But then I looked at the story of Jonah and, and what is it for? See, God wants relationship with us, but there's this thing called sin. And, and it's, it's really not God's way. Sin is not a thing that God likes. And it actually separates us. It's not his fault. He's too perfect. And this sin just blocks. It puts this barrier between 
um, us. And it's sin, you know, this thing called sin, it deserves judgment. It deserves a penalty of death. Harsh words. And so you're looking at Jonah and you're thinking it's the story of don't disobey God or you're going to get swallowed by a fish. But then I look at why God was sending Jonah out there. It was to save the Ninevites. The Ninevites? Is that it? Good. Um, to save the Ninevites from destruction because of their sin. He had to destroy them. They were doing a lot of bad stuff. Stuff that I won't even talk about right now. It was disgusting. God was going to destroy them because he doesn't like that stuff going on, especially to little kids and whatever, the sickening stuff that was going on. He was going to destroy them. But in a last-ditch effort, he's like, oh, maybe if they can turn around, I won't have to kill them. I'm going to send Jonah. That's a love story, man. That's a love story, Jonah. The book of Jonah is a love story for people. And God. And then I fast forward to Jesus. And that scripture from Romans, I hope you wrote it down. Uh, It's Romans 5, 6 to 11. Speaks about how Jesus came and he completely, completely joined us back. It's the last word of that passage says reconciliation. I love that word. God, wanting relationships so bad, came to earth. Took all of our sin so that we could be clean. Yeah. But the real reason was is so that he could be in relationship with us. That is the whole purpose of Jesus coming. You might think of, you get all theological on it. You get all, you start to think these weird concepts of why Jesus came. The simple truth is he came because he wants to be in an intimate relationship with you that's dynamic and progressive. I'm going to move to the... um, I'm going to move to just one more scripture. And it's just a snippet of James 4.8. I'm going to bring that up. And this is dumbfounding. Come near to God and he will come near to you. He's not the kind of God where if you take a step towards him, he's going to take a step back. You take a step toward him and he'll take a step toward you. Okay. So in your relationship with God... One, two, three. How far do I want to go? In your relationship with God, ask yourself the question, how far do I want to go? You've got a God up there that is so keen to take you on the best ever relationship journey you could ever imagine. How far do you want to go with that? He's doing everything he can. He's cha 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 on his own sometimes and waiting for you. Get with him. Dance with him. 
How do I do this, Luke? How do I take a step, read the Bible, pray, worship, simply include him in your life? I'm about to finish. I'm about to finish. Life, the meaning of life, according to Luke Boyd, is a relationship with God. It's a relationship with God. And a lot of people, you know, it's so easy. It's so, so easy just to stop in your journey with God. You get to a certain age, you know the Bible pretty well, and you just stop. And then after a while, we've stopped for so long, we start to think, oh, God, why why aren't you why aren't you pursuing me why aren't why don't i feel you the way i used to when i was a youth and i came to know you i i used to feel you all the time i used to yeah in those days you were pursuing him you were passionate for him weren't you get that back you start to you know resuscitate that relationship and i want to right now just offer anyone that wants to just recommit themselves to a passionate, intimate, dynamic and progressive relationship with their creator. If anyone wants to do that right now, I, if, why doesn't everyone just stand up? And as the we just go through a time of prayer, why don't you just pray to God right now, God, I do the, I want this. I want this awesome relationship with you. I want my relationship to go deeper. I want to go further in you. I want to go higher in you. I want to come closer to you. And he's just there going, good. My relationship is endless. Let's just see how far we can go. Thank you, Lord. If you're in the house today and you maybe feel like you don't have a relationship with our awesome creator if you're here and you're thinking to yourself you know what i really do want a relationship with god he he sounds pretty good i hear that he loves me i hear that he loves me so much that even when i was doing the wrong thing even when i was his enemy he sent his son to earth to take the punishment that I was supposed to receive so so that he could connect with me again if there's anyone out there this morning that wants a relationship with God and they've never had it before why don't you just lift your hand if all eyes could be closed if you want a dynamic relationship with God. Lift your hand up right now. That's beautiful. I see that hand. Thank you very much.